everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, today we are looking at John chapter 6, and it is probably, I don't know, the, the best example of Jesus being a very awkward preacher. He's going to say a lot of weird stuff uh, right when he has like one of his biggest possible crowds. So John 6 has always been really interesting to me, and I'm excited to talk about it on the podcast. It's definitely weird because I think we take this story for granted. As Ryan was reading the chapter today, it's like this is language that we have heard, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time or you've been reading the Bible for a long time. Um, hearing these words of bread of life, I am the bread of life, or referring to Jesus as bread or food. Um, it doesn't sound so odd if you've just heard it over and over again, but it struck me like really funny as Ryan was reading it, like, oh, that would be so weird. Like Jesus is saying some pretty like crazy stuff to begin with. And now he's talking about people literally like eating him, which is weird. (laughs) It would just be so uncomfortable. Like, did you just hear what that guy said? Super weird. So just to set up some context here, John chapter six probably has the most detailed account of the feeding of the 5,000. So if you've been tracking with us day by day, we've already read this story uh, in each of the other Gospels, I believe. We've already read it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's not new. So it's not new. But there is a lot of detail here uh, that isn't in the others. And we have said that John wrote his Gospel much later than the other authors. And a lot of people believe that John is trying to bring a little bit more clarity and a little bit more context because he would have been able to read the other Gospels. So he was able to look over the other stories and say like, oh, they didn't put in about how this happened and they didn't write about how this happened. Um, So most likely that's what's happening here in John. The thing that I think gets missed a lot, and then we'll get into the weird things that Jesus says. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, basically like it's, it's, it's a stressful time in his life. We've already been talking about this, how John the Baptist was just killed. Um, He feeds the 5,000 because he has compassion on the people, and then he tries to withdraw to a place of solitude and silence, but the people chase him down. And so here in John 6, we get that context. We know that in between, the disciples leave in the boat, Jesus stays behind. We know that at night, Jesus walked on the water. That's when Peter came out on the water to him. And then the next day, the people come, leave Tiberias. This is John 6 explaining this. They leave one side of the lake. They get in their boats. They go to the other side of the lake. And all these people come with them. So these thousands of people are like desperate to figure out where Jesus is, which initially seems like a really good thing. Like, oh man, like he really had an impact on them and they want to hear what he has to say. But that's not what's happening. So honestly, when I hear that, it's like, um, it reminds me of like stalking and like, I don't know, it sounds kind of like irritating. They're purposefully looking for places to just like, I don't know, like revamp, like calm down, take some time, get back into it after a little bit. But they're just like being chased, it feels like, just from place to place to place and like bumper boating off the shores. <laughs> if you look at John 6.25, it says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, this is after they've traveled back and forth, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. 
do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. He's kind of like calling them out on how selfish they're A hundred percent he's calling them out. And I think it fits in line with some of the miracle things we've been talking about. Jesus feeds the 5,000 to draw attention to his authority, the authority that God has given him, the authority that he has as God. And the only thing these people notice and care about is that they ate to their fill the day before, and now they're hungry again, so they want more food. I think that is also a little telling about our own lives today, too, because how often do we hear about or like, um, I don't know, maybe even your own personal life, you've experienced people that are just like, we really want to feel like God's presence and see God move in crazy ways that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. it's almost like a high that you're chasing. Yes. And it's like, well, wait, like God is good no matter what. Like, tell that to Job. Yep. Tell that to like anybody who's gone through significant loss and still knows and understands that God is good regardless. So like, it's interesting that this comparison is being um, used because Jesus is like in their presence, like he's right there and they're like ready for the next hit. And I think that's very similar to today. We can like use Jesus like a prop or like a thing. It's like very consumer driven. Yeah. So now look at John six twenty eight. Then they said to him, so he, so he has told them, you're just here because you're hungry. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who has he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? So why wasn't it good enough the day before? What did they see the day before? Yeah. The day before, Jesus fed Thousands of people mm -hmm. with five loaves and two fish. They have seen something incredibly miraculous already. Yeah. And here they are standing before Jesus. Jesus is saying, well, you need to believe in me. And they're like, well, <laughs> well how will you, you prove us? it? <laughs> how often do we fall into that same situation? I you you have seen... You've seen God move. You've seen God work. Maybe you've seen actual miracles in your life. And yet... You've seen God move, you've seen God work, you've seen actual miracles in your life, and yet you come to a place where you're like, well, God, just show me that I can really trust you. No, 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 no. You already know you can really trust him. So trust him. We were in a similar situation recently. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where we went through significant change in our lives, and it, we knew that it was a very good thing. There were a lot of like awesome things that came out of it. But, like, we were secure in, like, everything that had been going on. And then it didn't take long to be like, uh, well, now what? Now we have to see <laughs> I, your promises and your true and or your truth and whatever again, God, because we're just not sure again. I literally had lunch today with a guy that I look up to that, like, brings a lot of wisdom into my life. And we're sitting there eating lunch. And he says, you know, Ryan... Uh, I need to hear a lot more confidence and a lot more trust in you. I was like, wait, what What do you mean? He's like, well, when you talk about God in your life, you still sound like you're confused. You still sound like you're uncertain. You still sound like you're not sure. He's like, just look at your life. Like the Lord has provided so much for you. What are yeah, you doing acting like you're not sure? Look at your life through heaven's eyes. <laughs> look at your life. <laughs> um, 
so I, like I'm living this. I'm living this lesson. So please don't yeah. feel like I'm coming at you because it, I'm more resonating with it. Like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. And so Jesus is telling them, you need to believe in me. And they're like, cool, we might believe in you, but can you do that magic trick again? And so like, we still have more to talk about, but one of the your parts for today is going to be like, have faith that the God who has delivered you and worked in your life will continue to deliver you and work in your life. Don't make him prove himself over and over and over because then you're like these people that are just like, yeah, I want fed again. Yeah, I want fed again. That's not who we should be. The kids you put to bed and they're like, I need a drink. (laughs) Oh, yeah, thanks. Now I need a story. Now I need a hug. (laughs) So here's what's funny. So these this this crowd is already on the fence, right? They're already like, okay, like they talk about how their ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. So this manna thing is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And manna is really a faith issue. They think manna is a food issue. Jesus knows that manna is a faith issue. They had to believe that God would provide and God would provide. Um, They even had to not take more than they were supposed to because it would rot in their tents. Like they were only allowed to take what would like firm up their faith. And so they're basically provoking Jesus saying, hey, like we know we used to eat manna. Can you give us some more manna? And then Jesus says some very wild and crazy things. This proves that Jesus is not a seeker sensitive pastor because the things he says are insane. Well, he refers to himself as the bread. So Jesus says in verse 35, after referring to the manna from the verses above, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything If you else? look in verse 53. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh yeah. of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. So they don't have the um, opportunity that we have having known how this story worked out. They're just well, hearing yeah, this guy say this for the first time. Immediately to us, it's just like, oh, like he's referring to like communion, remembering the death of Jesus. Also that like his blood and and body are the only things as a sacrifice that are saving us from our sin. So and us hindsight makes a lot of sense. Later on, he's going to establish the new covenant by breaking the bread and passing the wine and saying, this is the new covenant yeah. of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So these two stories are connected, kind of the last supper and what we see today is communion uh, and the feeding of the 5,000. These things, these two things go hand in hand. But with no context, if you just started reading verse, I don't know, 54 yeah, out yeah. of nowhere, it would be really strange. Like, wow, this guy's a cannibal. And, and in, <laughs> in verse 60, the, it says, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, wait for it, this is a hard saying. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Sitting around the fire. Huh? I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. Um, but yeah, that would be really strange. And obviously they are like, they're very confused because it doesn't make sense yet. They don't know. But what's really interesting is at the end of all of it, Jesus answered them, I did not choose you, or excuse me, did I not choose you the 12? And yet one of you is a devil, which is interesting because Judah, or excuse me, Judas ends up being the one that betrays Jesus. Um, and I don't remember, does he leave before or after the bread? 
Uh, he leaves right after. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's interesting that this is all kind of tied together to all at the same yep. same point. It's a really weird place for Jesus to just drop this into conversation uh, because they don't have any context for what he's actually saying. So if you're still thinking like, okay, that's kind of a stretch. Um, it is important to know that this is connected with manna and the Lord was providing manna by faith to the people as they wandered through the wilderness. Like they had to trust in the Lord and the Lord rewarded them with food. So in the same way, this is an example of you need to trust in the Lord and the Lord is going to give you living water, living bread, like the, the body and blood of Jesus. So again, it's not literal. We're not actually going to eat Jesus. Okay. Um, but it is kind of this connection of this Old Testament idea of manna from heaven and this New Testament idea of living bread that is Jesus, the body of Jesus. So the two are connected. It's a, it's a step of faith for both of them. We're believing in the Lord's provision when we partake. And today, when we take communion, um, it's this is just one little piece of why we take communion. We are... Uh, tangibly doing something to remind us of what Jesus has done for us. So I think as far as your part today, I, I already kind of alluded to it. Don't end up in the same place as this crowd. You know what the Lord has done in your life. You know how the Lord has worked in your life. So don't force him to continue to prove himself to you. Have faith that he will continue to see you through. I know there's like some crazy stuff going on in your personal life. There's always crazy stuff going on in the world. Don't doubt that the Lord is at work. Have faith that the Lord is at work. Because when we come to God every time and we're like, okay, prove it, we're exactly like this crowd of people. And one of the things we see happen is that this crowd kind of melts away and there's almost nobody left to the point that Jesus is like, hey, closest friends and disciples, are you going to leave me too? Um, so, Actually, Jesus, in his human sense in this story, is kind of distressed. So don't doubt the Lord. He's shown up for you before. He will show up for you again. Continue to have faith and trust in him. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. John chapter six. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. 
And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign of what he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again by the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor were his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do, that we may see and believe you? What work will you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. 
and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread of the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on the bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are of spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.